When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That's the one thing all great teams have in common. Great coaching. Try to suck up to me, Andrew. Hey, Goldberg! I bet that talk was a cheese broken, you stop it! No, I agree. I would not be an acid physically. I have more of a podcast body. Clap! 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 It's the Quack Attack Podcast. Hey everybody, we've got a title to defend. I'm Mike, that's Tommy. No, it's not. That's Kevin. No, it's not. Welcome to the Quack Attack Podcast and the Infinite Mighty Ducks Podcast. Both Tommy and Kevin are busy, so I have brought in a ringer. I have brought in Mighty Ducks fan and noted sandwich enthusiast, Jared, for a longtime Quackalite. I would call you my internet friend. Would you say we're friends at this point? I would say we have to be internet friends. We've we've had interactions going on like six, seven years now. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I would say we're friends. So Jared is um he's the replacement, unfortunately, for Tommy and Kevin. Or maybe fortunately. We'll see how this goes. But uh I did put in the Discord a link to the Zoom for anyone who wanted to join. It was sort of last minute and it was a little later than I intended. So be on the lookout for the Discord, I guess, is the lesson. Uh, I did put it on Twitter and Facebook, too. But with the algorithm and stuff, it's tough to know, you know, how many people actually see it in a short period of time. But when Kevin and Tommy are out, this is going to be my plan going forward. Just try to bring on the random Quackalites and have them be the co-hosts here. So thank you, Jared, I will say, for, for hopping on in short notice. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, like I said, Tommy is busy at work. Kevin's still in Costa Rica. He didn't even respond. Usually he responds and says, I'm out. So, who knows where Kevin is right now? But we will move on. Some, some personal news. Uh, my daughter, she's two and a half. Um, she was sick over the last, I don't know, five days or so. Ended up watching the Mighty Ducks. Uh, it took her about four days to finish. She made it through the Cardinals game and then said she wanted to watch a movie with a bunny in it. So that was, um, that was <laughs> disappointing. Uh, but she did like Fulton slap shot. She liked the quacking. Uh, she particularly liked when people fell down and she did oddly get kind of pumped when Jesse scored the, to tie the game against the Hawks. So uh, we'll give it another shot in a few years and see how she's doing. But uh, Jared, you have a daughter as well. Do you have, has she seen the mighty ducks yet? She's only sat through all of them when she was a baby. Um, okay. When I would watch them on repeat whenever she couldn't do anything. Uh, but she, I have not gotten her to sit through and watch them all Like as she's gotten older. Now she's five now. Um, mm-hmm. I have shown her a couple of the episodes of the animated show because that keeps her attention a little bit more. But mm-hmm. What is her review of the animated show? Does she like it or is she just kind of indifferent? She, she just doesn't care. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Fair enough. But uh, yeah, we'll keep you uh, updated on our efforts to indoctrinate 
the next generation on the Mighty Ducks. But before we get into the topic, I will say I'm I'm trying to pull trivia back into out of the depths. Uh, so I only liked it. It was only like four episodes, uh, but it's been a long time considering, you know, I had the time off and stuff. But trivia is going to come back soon. We're going to finish it, hopefully, before Game Changer Season 2 launches. That's my goal. So be on the lookout. If you're still in the trivia contest, be on the lookout for emails. If you're just a listener, be on the lookout for those episodes. They should be coming soon. But let's move on. I was going to say to the topic at hand, but I forgot. We had we had some reaction to last week's pod. We revisited. Did Gordon Bombay learn anything? Uh, kind of a split opinion among the Quackalites here. Uh, at Greg Van Riper says, it's like everything changed with him and nothing changed. He hated hockey in his 20s, hated it in his 50s. He was alone and angry in his 20s. He was alone and angry in his 50s uh, for different reasons. But Charlie resents him as much as Bombay resented Riley, which I thought was a good, you know, through line. Like he, it's been 30 years and he's kind of in the same position. So like, did he learn from all those mistakes and make himself better? You could, you could, I guess, argue in between they were better, but he ended up in the same place. But at Air Lemaire says, I really don't think Bombay came back to get, a, came back to help Charlie get back on the team for the sole purpose of getting with Casey Conway. Fair point, Air Lemaire. All right. I, I maybe stretched that one a little too far. I do think he had some sort of connection with Charlie and liked Charlie, but who knows how nefarious his intentions were, especially as a younger guy. And then Jared, you said the argument can be made. He's just a softie and game changers. It doesn't take much for the kids to win him over. In the original, he learns to love the kids, getting them equipment. I think he's genuine about both, both wanting to win, but also helping those in need. I see him as someone who views the gray okay if it's for the greater good. So you think he is like conscious that he is not necessarily the greatest person, but he he thinks he's okay because he's helping people. Yeah, yeah. He when you when you look at his track record, he seems to make decisions based on both of what's going to provide success but also help out in need between you know in the first movie you see these kids once he decides he's actually going to care about coaching he sees that they're not going to be able to compete without equipment so he convinces Ducksworth to invest to get them equipment that they need uh he's you know he loses his his mind a little bit in d2 but in d3 when they're in need he comes back and whips out his lawyer briefcase and helps them out to do what he can and we see in Game Changers, he, you know, gets one over very quickly to provide uh, ice time and to help out with coaching for the kids. Yeah, that's a good point. I will say Ryan just popped in and then popped out. I don't know what happened to you, Ryan. I don't know how you even found the link at this point. I thought I deleted it from the internet. But uh, if you ever are listening to this, Ryan, you are welcome in. Just, uh, you know, let me know next time and I'll make sure you get in. But great point about you know, just sort of having a soft spot for kids and like, it might not be something he's necessarily conscious of or realizes, but he does sort of get one over. So maybe yeah, he has like a hard exterior and these kids help him, but I don't know. Does that, does that mean he learned things? I guess he, he helped other people. Does he realize, I guess, that he has the soft spot, do you think? I feel like he might know. Uh, he strikes me as someone who tries to put on that tough, like, oh, I don't care exterior, because we see that repeatedly out of him. 
but that shell is always getting broken. I think it might be a, a defense mechanism that he puts up whenever he gets hurt because he keeps having bad experiences with hockey. So he keeps putting up that wall to the hockey world, but kids just always know how to break it down. Interesting. Interesting. So his problem is really with hockey and not the kids. I could see that. I could see that. And maybe he start. he realizes that 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 would make sense because then he's like no hockey, but he does have this rink, which helps, you know, kids learn to skate, figure skate, all that kind of stuff. It makes sense. I'm still a little wishy-washy on whether he learned. I, I would I guess I would say he had to learn a little bit, but I, I don't think he learned enough is I guess my final answer, but you made some great points, Jared. Uh, if anyone else has any other opinions, let us know. I, I think we could argue about this for a long time. So let's this, move on. This sounds like a good quack court opportunity. Oh, that is a good point. We should bring back the quack court. Yeah, there's lots of stuff we can, we can bring back. We can bring back quack court. I, I'm going to have some trivia stuff left over. I don't know what to do. We played Family Feud one time, which was fun. I, some people want other games like Wheel of Fortune and stuff like that. I think there's a lot. There's still a lot. I think we were talking before we got on the air. Jared was talking to people about this podcast and people being confused about how we get so many episodes. I guess that's the answer. We just keep coming up with stuff. But what kind of conversations are you having with these people, Jared? Like what kind of Mighty Ducks arguments are you getting into on, on you know a regular basis out there in the world? Some, sometimes it's people who know me really well and know that I'm obsessed with it and they ask me questions, uh, which then turns into me uh, ranting at them for 10 minutes about Belafonte scoring goals and their eyes <laughs> glaze over. Um, but other, other times it's like if I'm getting to know someone new, they'll ask me things that I'm interested in. And I'm like, well, I kind of am uh, obsessed with Mighty Ducks and like to share about the, the podcast and how about it's been going on for over 300 episodes, like eight years now. Uh, to try to convince people to listen who actually like the movies too. Nice. I love it. I love it. When you mention like, hey, I'm really into the Mighty Ducks, what's the general reaction? Are people excited <laughs> about it? Do they Are they like, what? What's the general reaction? Uh, it, it depends on the age <laughs> of people. <laughs> More often than not, people are like, oh, I love watching those growing up or some some people is kind of like oh, I've never really seen those, but my little brother watched them. Or but nobody thinks I'm too crazy. That's good. That's good. That's a fair point. All right, let's move on to the topic at hand. So this came indirectly, I would say, from at Quaffney on Twitter. That is Daphne. She's still live in the trivia contest. A little callback to the trivia contest. Uh, but she tweeted this out. She noticed on IMDb that there were episode names for seven of the 10 episodes in season two of Mighty Ducks Game Changers, Jared has not heard these episodes. So I'm going to give you the names, Jared, and I just want your um, initial reaction at the end of all these. So episode one is called Icebreaker. Episode two is called Out of Bounds. Episode three, Coach Classic. Episode four, Draft Day. Episode five, Icing on the Cake. Episode six is called Twigs. And then episode seven, the last one we have the episode name for, is called Spirit of the Ducks Part 2. Any of those stick out to you? 
Yeah, I mean, some some of those I feel like are giving a pretty clear layout as to what the theme and content of the episode is going to be. Like right off the bat, we already know the the premise of season two is kind of going to a hockey camp. Uh, the first episode being icebreaker totally makes sense. They're going to be at a new place, a bunch of new people involved. They're probably going to be playing silly hockey games on the ice, uh, just like Bombay and 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 the original. So be getting to know each other out of bounds I really could see there being some people crossing lines whether it's friendships you know like Mm. having issues or maybe the new coach um kind of you know causing some divides see draft day will I feel like will be exciting that sounds like you know they're going to be splitting up into teams within the camp for some sort of like final playoff tournament possibly or Mm -hmm. the uh, spirit of the ducks part two um I mean, we have to imagine that's going to bring back the originals, right? Like, yeah, I would, I would think you're getting at least a portion of the ducks who are in part one, or Spirit of the Ducks part one, and probably some other ones. Uh, my guess would be, you know, we see Goldberg come back, but maybe it was a little too early in his recovery uh, for him. But maybe they just kept it really, really quiet. But that's my guess. I think Connie and Guy come back. You know, it's in Los Angeles, so I think they had. There's a better chance for a lot of these people. Uh, I, I'd be willing to say maybe all six come back from part one, and then they add some. But what's your initial feeling on on the original ducks who may or may not come back? You know, it it with all the restrictions that they still have to face with filming uh it's so hard to say with it being in la definitely helps i think there's a higher chance of a small cameo of conway and of uh, russ tyler uh was they're both uh, i think both live in that area mm-hmm. work in that area already i really do think there's a good chance for goldberg i mean the timing of it well it'll really come down to when the timing was they filmed it. i know he's been a lot more active doing stuff he's been doing a lot of media rounds lately i've listened to a handful of podcasts he's been a guest on um he's not said anything about doing it but i wouldn't be surprised if he did show up yeah i feel like that's one they they want to keep pretty secret uh for that to happen yeah i think russ is a higher cameo possibility than charlie just because it seems like the background chatter with charlie is like they were talking to him and then it's it's gone completely silent but if he shows up it wouldn't be uh you know a hundred percent mind blown but i think there's less of a chance there the covid part is a good point like obviously it's starting to come back at least here in dallas uh they changed our you know our color to red or whatever but even in los angeles they were when they were filming it was still a deal obviously with bombay and or emilio i should say and the whole vaccination thing so they they still had a pretty strict protocols there so that is a good point so maybe we don't get as many as you know we'd like but i do think we're getting i would say my gut is we're getting more than the six that came from the original game changers do we think that the spirit of the ducks part two, because obviously that's, you know, sort of the headline episode is there were pictures on Instagram of them, you know, in the mighty ducks locker room and, or I should say the Anaheim ducks locker room. They're not the mighty ducks anymore. Do we think this is the episode they go there? And is there some sort of spirit of the ducks connection with the actual Anaheim ducks? 
that, that's a really interesting point. I kind of forgot about that picture because it in in D three they definitely you know make mention of how they even named an uh, NHL team after us. So there already is a connect like a direct connection to that team. It's, I, th- I think it would be it would make a lot of sense if the spirit of the ducks was somehow wrapped around that because in real life the a lot of the cast has been to brought to ducks games for mm-hmm. special anniversaries just i so i could really see that the only thing is if disney and nhl could get in a partnership for including that in media yeah yeah it's been kind of a weird relationship between the anaheim ducks and like the mighty ducks franchise so they obviously changed to the Anaheim Ducks instead of the Mighty Ducks. They changed the color scheme. They sort of got away from it. And then I think they started seeing this nostalgia come back. And they're like, we can make some dough here. So they, you know, invited the former people back. And they're sort of way more accepting of it now. So I I do think we probably get both there in that episode seven, uh, where, you know, the Ducks come back, the original Ducks come back, and they go there. But I could also see them going episode 10 or something to the pond but anything else on spirit of the ducks before i get into some of these other ones that you've you've touched on a lot of my thoughts but anything else on the spirit of the ducks that you're thinking of not at all i just really hope we get eldon henson back again because i always love seeing fulton green yeah fulton's great construction guy i don't know how he would get to california but i guess that's something to to watch for i i guess alex Alex knows them now, so maybe she she calls them up when, you know, the team's down or something. But we go to episode one, as I mentioned, Icebreaker, like you talked about, it seems like they're going to be at camp in episode one. So that's sort of, I guess, I don't know if it worries me is the right word, but my thinking is we don't get a lot of Minnesota uh, scenes at all. Uh, maybe not any. Maybe we just open and they're already at camp, and somehow Alex is there. Uh, they're gonna have to explain. I guess it's easier to explain away Bombay and like without having to see him if they're already there. So I'm curious if we see any sort of Minnesota stuff there. It, we we might get at least a uh, fare, farewell of leaving Minnesota scene to open with, like the, how the D one ended. Mm-hmm. With Bombay getting on the bus, we might we might get a good byline of the kids from parents or some funny scene of somebody trying to pack clothes and parents trying to put in uh, the stuff that they're forgetting. There, there could be like an opening Minnesota scene. That's a good point. Yeah, just like the first, you know, two minutes and then they're on the bus. And yeah, I would like a callback to D1 at the end. That would be funny if they had some sort of thing like we got a title defender or something like that. Um Episode two, Out of Bounds, I think you're right on the money. So stuff is going to happen here. We, we got new characters. We got new kids. Uh, stuff is, people are going to cross lines. There might be some pranks here going on. Um, anything else on Out of Bounds? Um, I, I don't know. I don't, I, nothing else. I think there's just some major cause, um, probability of division amongst the team there. Yeah, yeah. And then Coach Classic is interesting. Episode, I think, four in season one is called Hockey Moms. There's a competition between the Hockey Moms. The Coach Classic could be 
some sort of Josh Dumel competition with, I don't know if it's a rival camp coach or, you know, some people within his organization. I feel like we could get some adults playing hockey, including Alex in that one. Um, and then episode four, I think you're right. This is where the team splits up, at least for a little bit. And, you know, there's a draft. And maybe Nick and Evan aren't together. And, you know, the new kid and his little brother Fries are, you know, paired up with Nick and all that kind of stuff. I think that's where we go. Icing on the cake, I don't really have much for. Any any initial, you know, gut reactions to icing on the cake? Uh, you know, no, nothing really comes to mind other than it could be centered around one of their birthdays. And maybe that's why they went with that. And uh, yeah, no, nothing about that really gives me an idea of what the theme of the episode will be. Mm. I like the birthday. Yeah, you could have some, you know, obviously some internal drama about who's invited to the birthday or hanging out at the birthday and who's not invited, who doesn't go. Um, yeah, it might be it. Mm. Maybe Evan and Sophie will kiss in that episode. There we go. That is a good point. Who knows how many kisses we're going to get? Who knows if Evan and Sophie are going to be together? That's a good, uh, that might be a bold prediction. What's your initial take? Will Uh, they be together? I think they'll start out together. They'll get broken apart by something in draft day or something in out of bounds. And then they'll reunite for icing on the cake. Oh, interesting. So a quick reunite, and then I have five episodes together. I Yeah, I think it might take a little longer. I think this might be like, you know, they're together, and then there's drama throughout. And then at the end of the season, they realize. Uh, I, I would, I personally would like if they just, you know, broke up and realized they were better friends. But I think they do eventually come back together because it is Disney. Um, episode tw- six is called Twigs. Twigs, obviously a slang term for hockey sticks, uh, but any, I, uh, not getting a read here. Any thoughts? Yes. Yeah, so, uh, same, same for me. No, no real read on it other than uh, maybe it's going to be a hockey heavy episode. Uh, it's two episodes after draft day. So maybe the camp set up to where they come in, they have a whole lot of training and then they break up into teams and kind of start playing games again against each other. So it could be just a hockey heavy episode. I like that. I like that. Yeah, that's really the start of whatever tournament where they're quote unquote going to win the summer. And then, uh, you know, we get Spear of the Ducks, which is maybe a a departure from, you know, the main storyline. And then you go episode eight, nine, ten. You're going through this tournament to win the summer and whatever side stories are happening. So interesting stuff here. I don't have anything else. Any other thoughts on these episode before we move on to the quack question, Jared. Uh, no, no other thoughts on the episodes. Uh, I'll be curious to see what the final three are named when that comes out. Um, but do you, do you have any concern that the first episode is going to be cheesy based on the name it being the first episode and it already is borderline cheesy at moments? Yeah, I think we have a, you know, sort of circle time episode, which they did in episode two, where, you know, it's just like, they're just going around and you're just meeting a bunch of new characters. And it, it's probably not the most engaging, you know, episode other than like, hey, you know, all these old friends are back and then there's new characters. I think it's just going to be sort of, I guess, piloty and setting it up because 
it is such a new environment and new plot that like we're not really continuing where we left off in season one so they all almost have to set up everything again especially if we're gonna have all these new characters and we're gonna be missing um lauren and logan which it doesn't seem like is gonna happen i saw something bella higginbotham was gonna be in season two of a show called chucky so i don't that obviously could have be happening like right now and way would not affect this but i did not i've not seen anything from her or Kiefer o'reilly so that is my guess uh, that they're gonna be out but yeah i do think it's gonna sort of be um wishy-washy like episode one of game changers where like there was just a lot to cover and a lot to set up before we really get into the good stuff because i feel like game changers for me you know, it really got going episode five, six, seven, and then throughout. So, yeah, I guess there is a little worry to answer your original question that, you know, it's going to be kind of kind of cheesy, kind of disjointed and just trying to cover a lot in a short period of time. But let's, oh, anything else, Jared? That's all my thoughts for that. We can cool. go on to the quiet question. All right, you ask us questions on Twitter, through Facebook, through email, through the Discord, all the good stuff. We pick the best ones, try to answer them. This one is going to come from at so hey, I'm Jay. Jared, have you seen Cobra Kai? Yes. Okay, this is perfect then. Uh, at so hey, I'm Jay says, who had the bigger negative impact on their kids, Jack Riley or Terry Silver slash John? crease so a little backstory if you haven't seen cobra kai cobra kai is the continuation it's sort of like the mighty ducks game changers of karate kid and karate kid the dojo master was the of the sort of evil dojo was this guy john crease former military guy later on karate kid two or three we meet terry silver who's also a sort of no mercy type of guy and both of them come back in cobra kai so uh there's there's a little bit of more backstory to them uh just because we have so many we have four seasons of cobra kai increases in i think all but the first one and then terry silver is just in the last one but um yeah and riley we're not gonna see riley again unfortunately the actor there has passed so I, I don't, I guess like you got to consider Riley was coaching since the seventies and he went all the way to 92. So even if it's nothing since then, it's, it's quite a 20 year run before we even get to really crease and Terry silver and their 20 year uh, run there. So I don't know. It's a good question. Your, your thoughts, initial thoughts here, Jared. Yeah, my initial thoughts are definitely going to swing towards uh, Terry Silver and John Kreese being having a being a worse influence. Coach, Coach Riley, he he definitely I wouldn't say is a great influence. Um, he he was just so focused on winning, and at times pushing limits to win, whereas Kreese and Silver were teaching people how to be brutal, yeah, um, and ruthless. Uh, and in turn being brutal and ruthless to their own students at times. That's a good point. Like, Crease and Silver were teaching pure, like, violence, where, like, Riley, yeah, he messed up Bombay's head and probably messed up a bunch of other 
kid's head mentally, but there wasn't the physical aspect, at least that we know of. Maybe he was, you know, like beating kids with hockey sticks in the locker room or something, but uh, Bobby Knight style. <laughs> at least there wasn't um, the, the pure violence on the kids and also teaching the kids how to be, you know, these violent beings as well. So, yeah, I guess you got to give it to Terry uh, Silver and John Kreese there because just the pure physical aspect of it. Riley probably wrecked a lot of kids mentally, but you can come back from that when you're a kid. And it, like, it's hard, obviously. Bombay, who knows if Bombay really ever did, but uh, he, he seems to, I guess it goes, this is like a full circle moment. It goes back to, did he learn anything? He he talks to Riley at the championship game said, you know, to waste, I wasted all those years thinking what you thought, but, or caring about what you thought. But yeah, I, I, it seems like Bombay, maybe not Bombay, but others, you know, could eventually move on from this crazy hockey coach where Riley or sorry, so many names, crease and silver. Like that was the, the way of life they were teaching. Like it, it permeated beyond karate or hockey or whatever the athletic arena into everyday life way more than you know oh i gotta get the w gordon bombay as a lawyer or you know any of crease or riley's other kids but i'd be interested to hear the quack lights thoughts on that any i think we answered it any anything we left out any other things we need to discuss we didn't bring up the fact that Riley riley did send mcgill to go take banks out so there was there i mean even though we saw very little of riley's coaching career there is some evidence to show that he did promote some violence i guess but we only that's see true. one instance of it that's true it was i feel like it's still eh, maybe not though now that i'm thinking about it because you have d2 where they're like trying to hurt the ducks outside of the hockey arena i was gonna say it was still confined to you know, the athletic arena, but they were in the park trying to hurt the Ducks. So, I mean, Riley's mental anguish might be more so. Like, I think he, like, really mentally did a toll on these kids, but I still think just the way Crease and Silver are able to brainwash some of these kids into being violent, like, almost killers, is is more so. But... The more we talk about it, the more I can see how Riley is maybe close to their level. But do you think Riley is is anywhere close to Crease and Silver? I don't think he's that close, but he's he's no angel. We know that. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Let's uh let's leave it to the Quackalites to answer that further. But good question at so hey, I'm Jay. And we will wrap it up here for us the quacktech.com go there contact us at quacktechpod on twitter facebook.com slash quacktechpod go to itunes give us five stars tell us your thoughts on the you know, riley crease question and i would guess i would say it's more riley versus crease than and like a little assist to terry silver just because he's not in as as much so that is the question to answer thanks to all our producers, Josh, still the most recent producer. We love you, Josh. I, I couldn't find my duck call last time, and I had to insert in a duck call. I was very uh, disappointed by that. So, Josh, I will give you a real duck call right now. Hmm. 
Oh, that was a bad one. Hold on. There we go. And with that, remember, ducks fly together. Five crack. Quick, a dick is back, Jack. Ooh, 